You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. So your pastor <laughs> had dreams of playing in the NFL. Yeah, when I was in junior high, middle school, high school, man, I played football and I loved playing football. And I had my aspirations were to go and play football in the National Football League and be on TV and to be a, a, a pro athlete, to be a superstar. And, and I remember telling my, my mama, my, my grandmother on my, my dad's side, uh, as we were visiting them one time, and I told her, like, she's like, what are you going to do when you grow up? What do you want to be? And I was probably 16 years old or so, and I said, I'm going to play in the NFL. And she said, she and she listened as I told her about how much I loved football and how much I thought that that would be my career path. I would play football on, on a professional level. And she listened, and she spoke. And when she spoke, she spoke into my life and said, Stephen, I can still hear her voice. And I know you don't know what it sounds like, but I hear it in my head. Stephen, the Lord's going to call you to preach one day. I just know it. I just know it. And she knew somehow, way before I did, that that was going to happen. And then there was a time I was telling my, my wife, Shelly, about my calling, that I knew that I was accepting this. We had been married a few years and... She didn't marry a pastor, and we're driving along, and I'm telling her, like, there's something happening with me, and there's this calling to spend my life as a pastor. And she listened, and she spoke, and she spoke encouragement and 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 words of validation, words of affirmation. She said, I already know that. <laughs> and there's a time I was telling my friend, Pastor Jeanette Flynn, about a situation I was feeling, and I was feeling like it was, you know, I, you know, things were changing, and 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 there were some shifts happening in the ministry that I was in, and 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 I was just kind of struggling a little bit, and I wasn't really looking for a direction. I was just needing someone who could listen, and she is a very, very intelligent, wise pastor, and she listened, and she spoke, and she spoke words of affirmation and encouragement. She spoke words that that helped me without, I don't think she even intended it, but it helped guide me for the next several years of my path. These are role models, my mamma, my wife, my pastor friend, Jeanette, that, that role models who've spoken words of wisdom at just the right time. How about you? Who is a role model in your life who's spoken words of wisdom at just the right time? So we're in this series we're calling Role Model, and we're looking at the idea of a woman's role in the in the world, and uh, and specifically the family and the church, and looking for a, a more biblically accurate model of what that might look like. And so there's two definitions we've been working with. I'm going to give these to you again one more time today, as I had the last couple of weeks. The first one is this, complementarian, which stresses that while men and women are equal in personhood, they are created for different roles which complement each other. The second is egalitarian, which stresses that men and women are equal in personhood and there are no gender-based limitations on roles. So they both typically refer to ministry and marriage and their roles in that, that, those areas. And so as a reminder, Awakened Church is egalitarian. We're part of a network that is egalitarian and has been since it began as a movement in the 1800s. Our goal is not to prove who's right or wrong, but simply to express what God has placed on our hearts to encourage us all to become more like Jesus. We just happen to be focusing on, on some female role models from the Bible, some strong women from the scriptures, okay? So today we're going to look at this, this other role model. 
Esther. And so if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to grab it. Turn to the, the, the book of Esther, the story of Esther, which is found in the Old Testament. We're going to be reading in chapter 4 and uh, four and 5 today. But let me kind of set the scene, because this is, if you don't know this story, it's a great story. There's this king named Xerxes, and he is uh, he's, he's king uh, of, of, of uh, the provinces of, of India, Ethiopia. Um, he's, he's king of Persia. And, and uh, that, that's kind of the, the empire at the time, the Persian empire. And so he was, uh, he, he was having this banquet and he calls for his wife, his, his wife, the queen Vashti. Now Vashti comes in and uh, the story kind of goes that, that Xerxes, his name is also uh, is another, has two names, Xerxes and Ahasuerus, which I think Ahasuerus is a great name too. It sounds like a dinosaur that, that laughs all the time. But, but, but the king called in Vashti, the queen, to dance to, to bring pleasure to uh, all these these men who are gathered for this banquet. Who there's been feasting and drinking going on, and you can kind of imagine the scene if you if you want. And uh, she, he wants her to dance for them, to to put on a provocative show for them, and she refuses. And so basically, upon the the the, the advice he's given from his 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 leadership, uh, he he's his advisors. He he kicks her out. She's no longer queen. She's gone. She's banished. And so there there's the story goes that there comes this this uh, uh, time of trying to find a new king. They're going to find a new a new queen. I mean, a new queen for King Xerxes. Ahasuerus needs a new queen, and so they they bring in all these young ladies from all over the region. And one of them's name is Esther. Now, now Esther is this young Jewish girl who is known for her beauty, according to the story. She lives with her uncle Mordecai because of her parents having been passed away. And Mordecai has raised her, kind of his own daughter. And Mordecai is very much a, a kind of a leader in, in the area for his people. And so as she goes and is performing her duties and, and all the things you have to do to prepare to become, you know, possibly the queen, basically it's a contest. It's like the bachelorette, right? And, or, or the bachelor. And, and, and so there's this contest kind of going on. It's who's going to bring the most pleasure for the king is who he's going to choose to be his next queen. That's how it, that's how it goes. Read the story. And... In the meantime, there's this plot from some of these these uh, guards to, to kill the king. And Mordecai, Esther's uncle, overhears this. He makes a report. His name goes in this book, and, and he's forgotten about. But he stops this uprising to kill the king. Meanwhile, Esther, is, is, Esther becomes the queen. And then there's this cat named Haman. Haman is one of the king's top advisors, if not his top advisor. And he comes through and people bow down to him as if he was the king. The only person that didn't was Mordecai. And so Haman hated Mordecai. And because he hated Mordecai, he began to hate all of the Jews. And he wanted to kill them. He was going to have a time set apart. He actually got the king to sign off on having a day, an execution day, to, that, that the Jews could be killed throughout the entire kingdom. So let's pick up the story. It's Esther chapter 4, beginning of verse 10. Then Esther told Hathak, who was the guy, he brought a message from Mordecai uh, to, to Esther about this, all this uprising taking place and all this plan to kill the Jews. And she said to uh, relay this message to Mordecai. All the king's officials and even the people in the provinces know that anyone who appears before the king in his inner court without being invited is doomed to die unless the king holds out his gold scepter. And the king has not called for me to come for him for 30 days. So Hathak gave, gave Esther's message to Mordecai. So Mordecai sent the message. 
Haman's going to have all the Jews killed. All, the, all of your people, all of your family, all of your kinsmen, your people, your nation is going to be wiped out. And you need to do something about it. You're the queen. So she sends him back this message. Verse 13 says, Mordecai sent this reply to Esther. Don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. And do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go in to see the king. If I, if I must die, I must die. So Mordecai went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. Now, chapter 5 continues. On the third day of the fast, Esther put on her royal robes and entered into the inner court of the palace just across from the king's hall. The king was sitting on his royal throne facing the entrance. When he saw Queen Esther standing there in the inner court, he welcomed her and held out his gold scepter to her. So Esther approached and touched the end of his scepter. Then the king asked her, What do you want, Queen Esther? What is your request? I will give to you, even if it is half the kingdom. He liked her. <laughs> and Esther replied, If it please the king, let the king and Haman, here's the bad guy, let the king and Haman come to a banquet that I have prepared for the king. The, and this was not an unusual request. It didn't seem. I mean, Haman gets all excited because, you know, this is like, this is a big deal. The king turned his attention and said, Tell Haman to come quickly to the, to the banquet as Esther has requested. So the king and Haman went to Esther's banquet. And while they were drinking wine, the king said to Esther, Now tell me what you really want. What is your request? I will give it to you, even if it is half my kingdom. Esther replied, This is my request and my deepest wish. If I have found favor with the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my request and do what I ask, please come with Haman tomorrow to the banquet I will prepare for you. Then I will explain what all this is about so she spoke when she was it was even against the law to approach the king in this way but but she did so here's our big idea and and, and trust me we'll get to the rest of this story in, in just a minute but for now let's let's get into this big idea being a child of god often puts you in the place of hope in the midst of hard times this is where esther was she was this this thing that mordecai said to her perhaps you've been made queen for such a time as this exactly what this is saying being a child of God often puts you in the place of hope in the midst of hard times. So a few thoughts I want to kind of to, 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 to camp out on for a few minutes and kind of build on that big idea. And the first one is this. Remember whose you are. Remember whose you are. My friend, Pastor Tina, uh, Pastor Tina Robinson said uh, to, to be a leader God created you to be. That, that's, this is a quote from her. Be the leader God created you to be. Too many times we compare ourselves or compared to male pastors. She's speaking as a female leader. Lead in the, your strengths and gifts, not in the ones of others. See, she's like, remember whose you are. What, what difference does it make that you belong to God? Esther probably initiated the cliche, why me, Lord? <laughs> when her uncle Mordecai explained what was happening and, and the evil that, that faced the entire tribe of Israel, everything seemed to suddenly rest on her shoulders. We may feel like Esther, like, like we're not qualified to handle what we're facing or, or, what we, or what may be facing our family. You will face the temptation to try and hide from a bad situation. 
but there's there's some promises here. I think there's there's I see three promises that give hope as we remember whose we are. The first one is this: remember, you are not alone. As you face whatever your situation is, you are not alone. You'll never face anything that other people have never faced before. There's no temptation, no storm in life, nothing. It, it may not be something that, that you've never, it may be something you've never faced before, but you're not the first person to face this and you're not alone. Also, the, here's the promise. God is with you. Not only are you not alone in, in, in your situation, but God is with you. You'll never, you'll never face anything bigger or stronger than God. And his promise is that he isn't going anywhere. And so the third a promise that gives us hope is that there is a way forward. No matter the situation, no matter the temptation, there is a way forward. You will eventually be pro- you provided a way out. Eventually, you'll be provided a way out. God is going to do a God thing in you, through you, around you, with you, and you will. it will enable you to go forward. The thing is, we have to make a choice to let God be God and to be honest about being in the midst of the storm, the temptation, and remember whose you are. I'm in the middle of a storm, but I remember who God is, and I remember whose I am. I am His. My prayer is that Awakened Church be, be a safe place for real people to live out the messiness that is real life without fear of condemnation, but finding hope as we continue to become a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. So remember whose you are, and let whose you are determine who you are. Another pastor friend of mine, Pastor Emily Clark, said when I asked her about role models that the best role models are people you can watch quietly lead without fanfare or desire for praise. I want people to watch me lead and see that it's totally normal for a woman to be a senior pastor. See, she knows whose she is, and that determines who she is. So let whose you are determine who you are. How can knowing who you are make a difference in your life? No, so a common reaction to, to bad days is to wish for some other period of time other than right now, right? And there's two ways we do this. Some, sometimes it's like, oh, I, I want to return to the past. I wish things could be like they used to be, the good old days. Others skip to the future. If it's these circumstances, they don't really exist. I'll just, I'll just keep thinking about moving towards keeping my face on, on the future and not deal with what's happening right right now. The truth is, living in the past nor longing for the future can do anything to change the circumstances of the present. So how can I do this? How, how do I not let the timing of the storm throw me? How do I not let this recurring temptation destroy me? Trust in the God who created you to live fully present in this moment. Trust in Him. You're His, and He created you. Who are you? Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, the Creator is so infinite in His understanding of all things, He sees and knows every moment of your life. His timing is perfect, even in the midst of storms. The Scripture says that as you follow Christ, He has prepared good works for you in advance. What, what good works could He possibly expect in the midst of a crisis? <laughs> To praise Him in the storm. There you go. Not to focus on what was nor what will be, but to praise God in the midst of the circumstances. You don't have to th- you know, 
God, thank you for this storm I'm going through. Thank you for this hardship. Thank you for this, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of crazy to, to, to even say it, you know, thank you for this disease or thank you for this loss in my life. Thank you for, but it, but it is okay to praise God in the midst of it. You're not praising him for the circumstances. You're praising him through the circumstances. Now, the advice of Mordecai to Esther is profound for her life, for the life of her family, for the life of her people, but also for our lives. In verse 14, he said, of of chapter 4, If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. See, Jesus wants to be the subject of your life for such a time as this. The Holy Spirit of God is fully present, providing strength, wisdom, the power for such a time as this. He wants you to know that you have full access to his presence at all times because you're his. Instead of letting the timing of the storm or the temptation throw you, be still and breathe in deeply the presence of Almighty God. For he has provided exactly what you need to rise up to the task for such a time as this. So, Allah, remember whose you are. Allow whose you are to determine who you are. And then, here you get, here guys, allow who you are to determine what you do. Let, let who you are determine what you do. My friend, Pastor Deidre Johnson, uh, and her husband, Eric, Pastor Eric, they're both pastors. And, and, and she says uh, that, and here, here's a quote, direct quote, there aren't male and female tasks in our household. There are things we prefer and things we're gifted to do, so we do them. So this is their household, but also in their church, because they both pastor the church. And she says, we've also learned that as we follow the Spirit, that He wants, what what He wants us to do at different times and in different situations can change. It's just not about male and female roles. It's about the gifting of the Holy Spirit. It's about the passions and and the, the shape of how God made each and every one of us. And how we come together. Yes, yes, we complement each other. But there's not, there, there are not specific roles. <laughs> so how has God gifted you? And how can, you, how can those gifts best serve others? That's the point. Think about the storm you're in. Or the temptation that's in front of you. I mean, you're a child of Almighty God. And with the power of His Holy Spirit within you, what are you going to do? There's, there was not one person in all of Babylon... And all of all of the all of the whole empire, who was in a position to influence the decision of King Xerxes, or to or to, or to put a halt to the plan of Haman, the only other person, or the only person was Esther. No one except Esther is in this position. Esther recognized the circumstances surrounding her, and then she spoke, and she spoke. Esther. Uh, the story goes on. That Haman makes this plot to kill Mordecai and all the Jews, and 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 you know Esther comes, Esther calls him together, and, um, and 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 Haman goes about it. He builds this gallows. He's going to have you know Mordecai specifically executed on this gallows. And meanwhile, uh, you know Haman gets uh, he thinks he's getting a uh, um, a big you know parade fanfare he's going to win these awards and it turns out that the 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 the, the historians have found mordecai saved the king's life a while back and never was uh, rewarded and so they have mordecai 
gets rewarded. And, and Haman is more angry, more upset. So Esther has this banquet, right? Ver- chapter 7, verse 3, um, at this banquet with Haman there and also the king, King Xerxes. And again, the king says, what's your request? I'll give to what you, half of the kingdom. And Queen Esther replied, if I have found favor with the king and if it pleases the king to grant my request, I ask that my life and the lives of my people will be spared. For my people and I have been sold to those who would kill, slaughter, and annihilate us. If we could merely be sold as slaves, I could remain quiet. For that would be too much of a trivial matter to warrant disturbing the king. <laughs> yeah, she says, she, she spoke. She finally said, she, the king didn't even know she was Jew. And here she is. She's like, look, if I don't, keep, if I don't speak, here's what's going to happen. My, my, myself, your, your wife, the queen, and all of my people, all my family, my entire nation is going to be annihilated. Because of this one. And the king gets all like, who wants to do this? Who's, who, who's, who, who's going to, you know, who would do this? And she's like, Haman. And Haman gets, he's, a, he's like shocked. He's in, terrified. The king goes out and leaves. And here comes, uh, you, you know, Haman, the story is he, he goes to basically beg for his life, but he falls onto the queen on the couch. And the king returns with the guard. And Haman is there, and he's like, you're going to assault the queen right here in her own chambers, right in front of me? And Haman's taken out. He's put on the same gallows he created uh, for Mordecai. And there's a, there's a ruling that goes out that, that they, he can't, the king can't rescind the order, according to their law, about, about the Jews being, you know. The, but, but he did make a, a pass and an amendment that now the Jews are allowed to defend themselves. And so it turns out that no, no, nothing happened. So here's the thing. Being a child of God often puts you in a place of hope in the midst of hard times. This is who Esther was. It's, it's, it's where she was, and it's what she did. How do I know what the right decision is to make? <laughs> Many times there's no question what the right decision is. A lot of times there really is. There's really no question. We might not like it, and that's why we wrestle with it, because we know what the right thing to do is. We just don't like it. But sometimes, though, the, the, the choice may not be so clear, for just being honest. Esther could have kept quiet and maybe lived, but thousands would die. And if she spoke, she could be killed just for coming to the king without being summoned. Or, or, or she could be, just by revealing her secret identity, like, I'm, I'm Jewish, she could have included herself in the death order. She could have, nobody even knew it at that point. When we get right to the bottom line of what life is all about, this is it. You either make choices that are me first, or you make choices that are others first. See, Esther's choice teaches one of the most important lessons of Scripture on making the right decisions. When in doubt, always err on the side of meeting the needs of others first. That sounds countercultural, I know it. But it's the way of Jesus. Here's how Jesus put it, Matthew 16, 25. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. This is the hope. And it's how hope is found in times of hopelessness. God's desire is to work through you to do something incredible in the kingdom of his love. We, we have these mountaintop experiences where we easily see God at work and everyone goes home with flowers and ice cream. That's, that's awesome, and I love those. But, but it's often in the times that seem hopeless, times that require the most faith, that, that the greatest demonstration of God's power is shown and lives are transformed. Being a child of God often puts you in the place of hope in the midst of hard times. 
So take this next step. Remember this. You are a child of God. Maybe you want to write it down. Maybe you want to get that old hymn out and sing it. I am a child of God. You are a child of God. Make yourself a list of what that means for the kind of person you want to be. I'm a child of God. Here's what that means. Here's here's the kind of person I want to be. I'm remembering whose I am. I'm going to let that determine who I am. And who I am, I'm going to let that determine what I do. And here's, here's a list of some of these things. The kind of person I want to be. And pray. God, help me be this person. Lord, help us to be the kind of person that you created us to be. Now, we're all created in your image, yet we're all created so different, differently and unique. And Lord, we thank you for that. That is, that is beautiful. You're a beautiful creator, and this is a beautiful world, and we are, we are a beautiful creation. Human beings are. But Lord, sometimes we get so lost because of circumstances. We face temptations that just seem to overwhelm us. We face trials. We face these storms of life that just rock us. We face annihilation. And Lord, thank you for this ancient story of Esther that reminds us that it could be, it could be that we are in the place we're in at this very moment for such a time as this, that you've got to, that you've got to, you've got to bring hope in the midst of hopelessness through us to us and through us. And so, Lord, thank you for that hope. Thank you for that hope. Lord, today for those who are feeling in the midst of the hopelessness, so I pray that first and foremost, Lord, you would restore hope to them, to remind them of whose they are. They are a child of God. And remember who they are. They are they're made in the image of God, the Spirit of God, the, the, the ever-loving creator of the universe, God. They pray, Lord, help me to respond. Help me to react. Help me to help me to, to face this temptation. Help me to help me to face this the storm according to who I am and whose I am. Because Lord, you have a way of of bringing us hope in the midst of hopeless times, and you have a way of making us be hope, creating us to spread hope even in times of hopelessness. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. I pray you would continue to help us with open hearts and open minds. See what it is to live according to the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit of God. And that, Lord, we would stop putting restrictions on what you have put no restrictions on. And that we would stop saying that those who who you have called aren't called. But, Lord, we would begin to just trust you and let you be God. Lord, we'll be your church. We'll be your people. We'll be the people of your kingdom. That right here and now on this earth, Lord, we will do our part of the restoration of all things. And a part of that is being a child of God, which puts us in the place of hope in the midst of hard times. Thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us, you guys. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.